Hello, my pod pee. This is the extra AF from Historical AF. My name is Natalie. And I'm Kima. Happy New Year. Hello, hello. Uh, uh, today we're talking about resolutions. Yeah, and ghosts. <laughs> I figured that's actually just expected. <laughs> yeah, this comes out on January 1st. Therefore, it is 2020. Therefore, it is the Roaring 20. So get out your giggle water. Mm-hmm. Get and ready. Your flapper dresses. And your flapper dresses. We are ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for some uh, wild 20s. Hell yeah. New decade, new life. <laughs> new decade, who dis? <laughs> That's a terrible yeah. joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we got a lot of really cool stuff from you guys. So we asked on Facebook and Instagram if anybody had any New Year's resolutions. So I figured we could start with ours. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, not really. Because <laughs> every year I don't make it. <laughs> I th- I saw something on Facebook. My friend posted and it was like, look, y'all, I just need to get my tags renewed in time and everything else is cake. <laughs> I'm like, that's where I'm at. I just want to get things done on time. Oh, um, if it was to be anything, it'd be to promote my artwork better. Like I want to be more successful and... To eat healthier and actually start exercising again. You know, the norm. The norm. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. Mine is to be healthier. (laughs) Uh, So definitely want to try to get to the gym more. I know this 2019 was a great year, but I also gained a lot of weight. So I need to get that off. And it's mostly for health reasons, you know. Yeah. I want my heart to be healthy because... My mom had a heart attack, and I don't want that. And uh, I want to be in remission. I think that if I can work out enough and eat well, I could probably go into remission so you don't have to hear about lupus anymore. And uh, that'd be great. That would be so, great. <laughs> I mean, and also I'd like to just be, like, smoking hot. That'd be cool, too. That way my husband's all like, that's mine. That's that's kind of what I want. And I asked him what his resolution was, and he said to be fat no mo. So okay. He's not fat. He's just. But on Instagram, we got a couple of resolutions that I thought were funny. So from Ashley, you know, from Ashley from this podcast, she says to have more experiences. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I agree. I think I enjoy experiences more than anything else. So like I've mentioned, like Christmas, we don't do gifts. We just do experiences. So I'm all for that. That's the stuff you remember. Yeah. We're going to go see the Home Alone Symphony. They're playing the movie Home Alone while the symphony's playing the music. I'm very oh, cool. excited about that. When this comes out, as you're listening to it, we we have already seen it. But I'm sure it will be great because it's a great movie. And it's awesome music to see it live. So, And it's John Williams. Come on. That's great. Oh, the next one is Bubba Hud, who is my dear friend David. So you've already met him. He guessed it. So his is, I don't have resolutions. Resolutions have me. So... <laughs> Stoned and spooked podcast says drink more water, hit the gym, and work on my mental health. Okay. Those are all really great ones. I definitely need to drink more water. Yes. I love that quote that's like we're basically houseplants with more complicated emotions. (laughs) Like you need to water you, we need to feed you. We need sun to make us happy. It's true. And the last one from Instagram is from Mountain Gal Coffee Love. 
And it says to actually put my massage license to use every month. Okay. That's a really cool one. I love a good massage therapist. I think that's like the coolest job ever. (laughs) (laughs) I also grew up in like an alternative doctor's home. So I grew up with a lot of massage therapist friends and yeah. I I have no interest in it, but I support those who do it. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I I found a place here. Nobody spoke English, but they just beat the shit out of me. And I thought it was the greatest experience of my life. Just bruise me and get all those knots out. Because I get knots in my shoulders from being stressed all the time. Oh, but I you're never stressed. So <laughs> well, I probably really, I probably need more of a chiropractor than a masseuse. But I, I think... I think the art of it is really cool because, I mean, you, you're basically a doctor in a sense, like, because you have to understand the muscles in the body. Yes, the anatomy that goes into that. I, I had a friend that went to massage school and she explained everything she had to learn. But, yeah, you have to be really, like, in tune with the anatomy and how everything connects and limb you nodes. Could, yeah, you, have to, you could fuck up somebody if you aren't careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I asked if everybody had actually accomplished any resolutions this year. Don't Unspooked Podcast says they did accomplish all of theirs, but it took most of the year. And they had six. So six different resolutions and they accomplished it this year. So that's really cool. I think it really is. Like hardly anyone makes it past the first month. Yeah, nobody ever makes one and you made six. That is amazing. And nailed them. Like... That's yeah, amazing. I'm impressed. And Ashley says, I don't even remember what mine was. So <laughs> that's probably where most of us were at. We're like, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. I, I doubt I even made one last year because I'm like, <laughs> the year before it didn't work out. It's probably not going to do this year either. A little bit more mature. I'm a little bit more goal oriented and just kind of better in general at handling stuff. So maybe, maybe this year will be better. Same. I know 2019 was kind of rough because like February is when I got diagnosed with the RA and lupus and I gained a lot of weight and then it ended the year with ankle surgery. So I'm like 2020 has to be the year that I actually fucking do something with my life, like physically. So I'm gonna start weightlifting. I love weightlifting. So I'm gonna get back in. I've made a plan. I have charts. I love physical charts to look at and like weight loss things. So I got those going. Yeah, I'm not like that. <laughs> Another New Year's resolution is to pick up after my own damn self. God help me. Ugh. <laughs> Lord, yes. if that is that, not you, the truth. <laughs> that actually that should be mine is like cuz my house needs to be a deep a deep spring cleaned, you know, I need to get rid of shit and go through everything. And I've slowly been doing that. I need to keep up with that. So, yeah. Good job. Good job, Kristen. That's a good one. Yeah, especially where we do our art is usually to save vomit of, you know, Michaels or Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a difficult time picking up after myself when I art because by the time I get done arting, I don't want to pick it up. Or I'm just going to keep using the same stuff I have out. And what's the point of putting it up? I'm just going to use it again tomorrow. Exactly. That's why I want a she shed, but not call it a she shed. I just want like an outdoor art studio where I can just throw everything in there and not have to put anything up. That's the goal. All right. 
do. Which one do we want to do? Do we want to do articles or do you want to do stories? Uh, let's do the stories since we're still. All right. So I'll start with Danny and Brandy, the ladies from Arts History. So it says, yo, ladies. Again, was way fun to be on the pod. Here's one of the few spooky stories we got. So a few years ago, our mom, Danny, and I went on a little road trip to San Jose. While we were there, we decided to visit the Winchester Mystery House. Which if you're a Patreon member, you will know that we did a drunk dive on that movie, Winchester. Yep. Now, if you didn't know anything about this place, it's a giant historic mansion built in Northern California by a woman named Sarah Winchester. In the mid-1800s, she was the heiress to the Winchester rifle fortune and became incredibly rich, which is a problem I wish I had, (laughs) but I do not. (laughs) (laughs) But she felt plagued by tragedy as her infant daughter, father-in-law, husband, all died unexpectedly. A psychic told her that she was cursed by all those who were killed by the Winchester rifle. They said the only way to keep these ghosts at bay was to move west and build a house there. But if she ever stopped construction, the ghost would kill her. So Sarah began building this crazy mansion in 1886 and wouldn't stop until her death in 1922. It's super weird inside with staircases to nowhere, doors that open into brick walls, and a labyrinth of hallways. Apparently, she did this to confuse the ghosts and keep them from finding her. We loved touring the house and weren't spooked at all by its creepy history. That is until we entered Sarah's bedroom. The guy told us that Sarah had died in the room, but unfortunately, they no longer had the bed she died in. All the original furniture was sold at auction, and they have no idea where it is. So in place of that, they built an exact replica. And it was at that moment my mom, sister, and I were all struck by how familiar the furniture set was. And remembered how our stepdad loves to buy antique furniture from auctions. And that's when you realize we have the bed. What? <laughs> this is amazing. What? Oh my god, that's a plot twist I was not expecting. Ugh. It was the bed Danny and I used to sleep in as children. We still have it, though it's in the garage, since even as kids, we thought it was creepy. (laughs) My mom once called the Winchester house to ask if they wanted it, but they just ignored her. So yeah, we have Sarah Winchester's deathbed, and she definitely haunts our house now. What? (laughs) I'm speechless. I, I don't even know how to react to that. Oh my god. Oh my god. On a related unrelated note a year or so ago i was home alone and i heard a woman crying in the hallway still not sure who it was but i'm hoping it was sarah here's hoping anyway thanks for listening holy shit balls if it's in your garage do you want to sell it i'll take it (laughs) i mean would you even fit on it probably not (laughs) they can go in the guest room with all you short people that i know (laughs) why are you staying at your place if you have that (laughs) That is insane. Yeah, so if you don't know Arts History, they are from California. Um, this is just wild. This is not how I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a ghost encounter at the mansion. Not that you own the deathbed. And apparently they don't want it back or they don't believe that you'll have it. That's crazy. I can't imagine. They probably think it's a joke, maybe. I'm assuming. I don't know. That's crazy. What was the auction like? I need to know. Please tell us more. 
<laughs> yes, babe. I will be messaging you later. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what shall we do next? Do we do Blake? I haven't even looked at it. I was thinking of doing Blake, so that's cool. <laughs> I like Blake's. All right, so Blake, y'all. And this is supposed to be a follow-up. And he says, greetings all. I apologize for not following up immediately on the cult info. I got wrapped <laughs> up in working on my thesis defense. Uh, fair enough. That is understandable. Anyway, most of what I remember was from over 20 years ago, back in the 90s, and I was only a few years old. I don't know how much luck y'all would have Googling the property or anything like that, simply because it's such a small town, and the whole experiment failed before it got big. Anyways, I remember a large chunk of land in the woods at the end of a winding dirt road on the property were three or four trailers. I remember wilting sod houses in some places. The surrounding area was swampy. I remember watching a guy sharpen knives with a wheel and asking him about how it works. Oh, no. (laughs) Next thing you know, he owns a bed. Like, I'm just waiting for it. (laughs) Oh, no. I remember more about when everything fell apart and the land got foreclosed on and everybody left. On occasion, I have heard of people wandering on the property and feeling an intense desire of needing to leave. Many people, including myself, made the wise decision not to go on the property. Good call. Yep. I loved hearing y'all react to some of my stories about the local area. If you thought my camping out in haunted places was weird, my my group of friends weren't the only folks to do such things. Well, yeah, I didn't think so, but y'all kept doing it. And yet you won't go on this property? Good lord. That must be really scary. And I was like, if you can't handle that, then... Yeah. Growing up, I had always heard about the Hecker House, where a double murder-suicide occurred well before my time. While I was in high school, that's where teens went to drink, of course, or spend a romantic evening, because that sounds... I may have camped by a haunted bridge, but I draw the line at trying my luck at some scene of a murder. (laughs) Man, I'm with you. Some kids thought they would be the next Ghost Hunter TV show and played around there with cameras. They tried to check their camera on site and watched uncontrollably as all of their photos were deleted. (laughs) Whether they were trying to cover up not finding anything or if that actually happens remains unclear. But that is one of the many stories from the area. Oh, hell yeah. If I'm a ghost someday and a ghost hunter is trying to take my picture and be like, fuck you, delete. That's what I want to do now. <laughs> I'm like, you will not feel cute later. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> As an additional side note, one of my cousins lives super close to the old Colt property. When she bought her land, there was a circular clearing with a ring of dead trees around it. Oh. That's where she decided to put her trailer, of course. And what? some spooky shit happened in there ever since. No. Don't I, do that. <laughs> I only visited her rarely because if I stepped foot in her house, my stomach twisted and I constantly felt like I was going to vomit until I left the property and would then be suddenly fine. Maybe being ob- oblivious to potential paranormal problems runs in the family. Sorry this email <laughs> got long, but there's tons more where this came from. Minnesota is an excellent place to have a paranormal experience, apparently. Oh Thank you for your God. time and consideration, Blake. 
okay, Blake, never apologize for a long email. We live for this. Yes. <laughs> You've sent us some great stories. That is so wild. And please keep them coming. We like oh, your stories so much. They're so good. I just, <laughs> I love the uh, oblivious to potential paranormal problems. <laughs> Being a family. Trainer. I like where he's like, I draw the line at, <laughs> at a place of murder. <laughs> That was so good. Oh, thank you, Blake. I'm so glad you are, uh, you know, still sending things that we demand while also slaving over your thesis. Oh, I know how hard that is. So I, I hope it's going well. I hope you're doing well with your thesis project. Yeah. So our next story comes from Heather F. It says, hey, guys, I meant to email you a long time ago, but I fell climbing and fractured a couple of vertebrae. Holy shit! That that's a lot. That's scary. And, uh, just I love how nonchalant it is. Like meant to email you, broke my back. <laughs> Man, like my back is like tensing and hurting. Just like I need to pop it now. <laughs> I'm totally good. I'm going climbing this week, so it's no big deal. So hell yeah, get back on that horse or whatever that saying is. Just don't forget to check your gear because falling without being tied in is a terrible idea. Also, don't climb alone if you're tired. Wow. Don't climb alone. Don't climb if you're tired. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched that free solo and he just kept breaking his shit the whole time he was practicing. And I was like, oh my God, this is scary. But also, high five to climbing. That's uh, an intense exercise. Says, anyway, I thought I'd throw in some really interesting pharmacy history at you. Thank you. So, the first licensed pharmacist in the United States was Louise DeFilio Jr. in 1804, and the state of Louisiana required a licensing exam for pharmacists, which is huge. Prior to that, any schmuck could be a pharmacist. Pharmacy licenses is given out state by state. Currently, we have to undergo a board examination and have a state-specific law exam, which is why H.H. Holmes was permitted to be a pharmacist in Chicago. Ah, he was a shitty pharmacist. Yes, we don't kill people. Also, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now in New Orleans has an amazing pharmacy museum. I haven't gotten to go yet, but I really, really want to go. Even people that aren't pharmacy geeks totally love going to it, and I've heard the tour is amazing. Pharmacists create a Coca-Cola, complete with cocaine. I cannot wait to talk about that on the podcast. Also Pepsi, which claimed to help dyspepsia. Is that where the name comes from? Holy shit. And then also Dr. Pepper. (laughs) You're blowing my mind, Heather. So she put, sorry, America. (laughs) Pharmacists not only worked with purified chemicals and poisons back in the day, but also managed with herbals. Lots of herbal medications have become purified medications. One is foxglove, which is also known as digitalis, which was purified into a drug called digoxin, which is sometimes used as a heart medication. Another famous one is aspirin, which was derived from salicylic acid, which is contained in a lot of different plants. See, this will kill you podcast. So, oh, that's cool. They did an episode. But most well-known is the willow tree. There aren't really any cool pharmacists in pop culture, 
We do not just hand drugs over to doctors like you see in house and nurse Jackie. There's the creepy pharmacist and drop dead gorgeous and the devastated pharmacist and it's a wonderful life. Pharmacists don't just count pills in the modern world. In the United States, we're required to get a doctorate. Pre-pharmacy is a lot like pre-med classes. We get trained for four additional years in biochemistry, pharmacochemistry, and pharmacokinetic, pathophysiology, and compounding, etc. It depends on the state that you live in, but in New Mexico, pharmacists are used in hospitals for drug monitoring and antimicrobial stewardship, retail settings like Walgreens, and ambulatory care settings like doctor's offices in order to help dose medications, optimize medications, give vaccinations, and some pharmacists work in physicians' offices to give physical assessments and have prescriptive authority. We're an integral part of the medical team, but in the United States, government does not lump us in with MDs, nurses, social workers, etc. as healthcare professionals, which is a giant pile of bullshit in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we increase access to medical care around the state, which is why I think it's pretty damn badass. I agree. Hopefully other states pick up this model. Anyway, I know we're not portrayed much in pop culture. I think pharmacists are pretty cool. Write you soon. I've got some research to do on history of knitting that I think you guys might get a kick out of. Holy um, shit! Yes. Yeah! <laughs> I have I have zero knowledge on the history of knitting, so that would be really yeah. cool. <laughs> but also just the history of pharmacists, too. Because like you yeah. said, you know, not too long ago, you Anybody here call themselves a pharmacist and get away with a lot of shit. You know, mm-hmm. cough, H.H. Holmes, cough. But, I mean, it's a lot of work. I have a friend that I went to college with that's a pharmacist. And, yeah, it takes ooh, a lot of yeah. time, a lot of years of education. Mm-hmm. It's, you're basically becoming a doctor. Yeah, right? it's same amount of school and the same amount of work, just a slightly different path. But yeah, yeah. I don't think they get a lot of respect for what they do because I think people just think they're counting pills behind a counter. But No, they have to know so much. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. That was really cool. Thank you so much for sending that to us. so much, Heather. We really appreciate it. I definitely need to know about knitting. I didn't realize (laughs) I needed to know that until now. I'm like, what is history of knitting? Like, no, I need to (laughs) Yes, you have uh, ignited that curiosity, and I will keep myself from googling as long as you promise. I know I'm so tempted right now. (laughs) As long as you promise, we will not Google. Maybe, maybe a little. Uh, the next are just some hometown traditions. We got a couple from you guys on Facebook, and this is from Colleen. I like how you spell your name. That's cool. Uh-huh. I know that's probably like a weirdest compliment. Like, I like how you spell your name. Like, I'm always <laughs> interested in weird spellings. And I haven't seen Colleen's spelled that way. So, very nice. My town has the oldest continued Christmas tree lighting in America. I always feel that it's a fun fact. That is an awesome fun fact. And that's just so neat that in America, like, not just in the state or anything. Like, in yeah. America. And what is that? The Percasi? P-E-R-K-A-S-I-E? Sure. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Anyways, in this article from Philadelphia. So this is, this is in Philadelphia. I can pronounce Philadelphia. This is an article talking about their 
oldest Christmas tree lighting. And it was that magical moment Saturday night when the evergreen was illuminated, white light sparkled into December night, and a glow fell over the holiday revelers of whatever this town is. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what it is. That's I butcher everything. <laughs> Festivities, which we played out for a hundredth and seventh time. Oh so wow! So cool. It's very very storybook worthy, where the Santa comes over the hill on a truck, and there's the Boy Scouts singing, and the mayor recites the Yuletide poem. A barbershop quartet strolls downtown, and a thirty-five foot blue spruce towers in the center, waiting to be lit. Ooh, that's, that's a tall tree. 35 uh, feet? It's taller than probably like all the buildings in my hometown. Like, in the-, <laughs> <laughs> the annual event began in 1909, barely beating first flakes of one of the region's all-time worst blizzards. On Christmas morning, about 200 children gathered in front of the post office to receive presents delivered by Santa riding on a black sleigh led by a team of black horses, according to a 1934 report in the Perksy Central News. The year marked Perksy's first community tree ceremony. The next year, the town upgraded the event by electrifying the, the lighting of the tree. So they made electric lights, basically. Oh, cool. According to the historical records, a local organization received of the tree event as an occasion to hand out gifts to children and provide for needy families. Today, the tradition looks a little different, but the spirit remains. Excitement in the atmosphere as the people are singing, here comes Santa Claus, and the children cheering. It's just very festive, said Mayor John Hollenbach. The event included drinks and carolers and an estimated crowd of nearly 5,000. Wow. Oh, wow. The simple tradition got a reboot after 1988 when a fire leveled a block and a half of Perkins downtown, all that said. The Town Improvement Association, born out of the need to rebuild after the fire, became involved and brought local merchants food and music to the tree lighting, Hollenbach said. The Arabosque Dancewear, which sits about a block from the tree, the Sugar Plum Fairy, a high school ballerina, stood in the window to interact with passerbys all evening. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty neat. <laughs> And some of the Yandelino's neighborhood neighbors also get in on the festivities. It's all about being part of the community, says Yandelino. And we all work very hard every day to be here. And it's nice for that moment, that night, for everyone to come all together. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and, and, it, and the details of this article continues on a little bit more about the festivities. But it's just, it's just really neat. You know, happy Santa, children get gifts, lighting the tree, and like 5,000 people being there. That's crazy. That is a lot of people. That is much more that even lived in my town growing up. <laughs> and this yeah. is today's paper. That's really cool. In the yeah. Philadelphia Inquirer. That's so cool. So thank you, Colleen, for sending that. Man, I love this. Like, I love extra AF. People send us stuff from their hometowns. We all know what we grew up in, but it's really cool to see what you guys grew up in. Mm -hmm. The next one is from Andrea. 
And it's the legend of the Avon Haunted Bridge. And she sent me a article from the Hendricks County blog. So I'm just going to read that really quick. This is from Erica Bethel, who wrote this blog. And it says, I moved to Avon, Indiana when I was six years old. At that time, I remembered my parents driving me out to see our new house in our new town. This great town looked very different than it is today. This was 1991, and my knowledge of the extent of the town was McDonald's, Monty's Market, Pizza King, and one haunted bridge. And then parentheses says, okay, so there may be a few more things, but at age six, these are things that mattered. So, also same. If I was (laughs) six, that's the only thing that would matter to me, too. I remember the first time my parents took me to see our new house, and as we turned onto County Road 625 East, we approached this huge bridge with distinct archways that my father began to tell me was haunted. The story that he still claims is true today was that a mother had been walking with her baby on the tracks and both fell to their deaths. The mother's wailing for her infant could be heard when you drive under the bridge, so in an effort to muffle your screams, you are to honk every time you go under the bridge. Yep, my dad still honks today. <laughs> That's all funny, also tragic. It says, imagine being six and hearing this story of a crazy haunted bridge, which is just down the road from your brand new house. Totally creepy. Little did I know at that young age what a treasure this was to the town as well as Hendricks County. The bridge is a fascinating landmark in the Hendricks County with lots of legends and history surrounding it. One only mentions the Haunted Bridge to another Hendricks County resident, and they know exactly where it is and probably have some form of the legend surrounding it. The bridge is even mentioned in the Avon Town Seal and can be found in numerous paintings and photographs in relation to not only Avon, but the county as a whole. The bridge has become so famous that driving under it made Indianapolis Monthly's list of 50 things every Hoosier must do. (laughs) That's fun. So what makes this bridge haunted, you ask? Well, I did a little digging at the local library and spoke to some local historians, hell yeah, historians, only to find out that no one knows. (laughs) I love that. When you consult every expert in the field and they're all like, eh, I don't know. So there are a few historical facts about the bridge that we do know. The historical landmark was built in 1906 off County Road 625 East, about a half a mile south of US 36 were a big four railroad and is still used today by CXS. The bridge was designed to use spandrel arches by engineer W.M. Dunn. It is reported that the bridge was double tracked in 1908. There are several legends about why the bridge is or why the bridge is haunted. A few well-known ones exist today. One story that has circulated for years is that a drunken rail worker who slipped during construction and was buried alive in the wet cement. Yikes. <laughs> Sounds awful. That's so bad. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because in my hometown we had a dam and that was a story. Is that there was a drunk worker that slipped and fell and he was covered in cement and he's in the dam forever. I wonder if that's the thing that's like everywhere. Huh. Anyway, let us know. Historicalafpod at gmail.com. Okay. The, tale is, <laughs> the tale is that the train goes over the bridge. People claim to still hear his moaning. A similar story to what my father told me is popular among locals. The story explains that a young mother was walking the tracks to take her sick baby to the doctor. She slipped and fell from the bridge, killing both her and her baby. 
At night, the sounds of the mother screaming for her infant can be heard. So sad. (laughs) Oh, my God. The last common legend is of four workers falling to their death into the White Lick Creek. People claim to still hear their thuds ah, and splashings into the creek. Thud just got me. Yeah, that's a very interesting descriptive word. (laughs) With all the folklore surrounding the Haunted Bridge, it really does make for an interesting road trip. So whether you visit to take in the beauty or experience the spooky, a trip to the Haunted Bridge can make a wonderful fall outing with the family. Just be sure to honk when you go under the bridge. Man. Thank you so much for that. That's a really cool legend. I'm really digging these. Everybody's hometown has something really cool. That's a good one. Got three different alternative ghosts that you could believe in. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And terrifying. (laughs) Also terrifying. Alright, ready for our next one? Our Our last one. Our last one is from Mandy. And this is a hometown ghost pub crawl. Which I think is pretty cool. And I'm going to read an article that has a list of them. And I'll read about at least some of them. So you get the gist of it. She also wrote on Facebook. She said that this article is a tour that she went on. And it goes, I arrived downtown a bit early so I could grab some spooky (laughs) photos. Which Hmm. is easy to do in Anna Anna Apples. Sure. A... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> colonial town that was started we've, we've been drinking though. Um, <laughs> it was the seat of the Continental Congress for one year after signing of the Treaty of Paris in 1783 key battles of the War of 1812 took place just outside the harbor in the Chesapeake Bay along its shores oh man that's like an epic mic drop we're old as shit guys the whole founding of the US happened here Mic drop. <laughs> I know it was a slave report from colonial times when, until the Civil War, and a prisoner of war camp was located there during the Civil War. And it's got a lot of ghost potential. That's in the thing, like a lot yes. of ghost potential. Yes, I, I would, would say, say yes. so. Yes. <laughs> this is about the reporter Michelle Edmond and taking a group of friends, and they take this tour. The first one is Captain Campbell and his bride. She's known as the bride. U.S. Navy Captain Campbell brought her to Annapolis in 1817. They'd met in North Carolina, but their engagement was interrupted by British piracy that spilled into the Chesapeake Bay after the Revolutionary War. Well, I love a good pirate story. Yeah, gotta (laughs) love a good pirate. (laughs) Captain Campbell was called to fight in what followed the War of 1812 when the U.S. put an end to the British attempt to retake the colonies. Captain Campbell ended his commission and wrote for his bride to meet him in Annapolis, where they would get married. She moved into his room at the Maryland Inn to await his arrival. Oh, this probably isn't going to end well. It usually doesn't. It's a ghost story. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost stories usually don't end well. (laughs) After months of waiting, the ship sailed into port, but the ship had to be unloaded before the captain was free to be hers. The bride dressed for her wedding and sat next to the fourth floor window watching the captain. In an anxious moment, she got up to pace, and that's when she heard a crash outside. Running back to the window, she saw a crowd in the street, 
The bride sailed down the stairs with her dress billowing and ran out of the inn. A man lay in the street, trampled. No! Witnesses said Captain Campbell had been walking up Main Street a few blocks from City Dock. However, he was on the same side as the street as the inn when he saw his soon-to-be bride in the window with a huge smile. Still looking up at the window, he stepped into the street for a better look. No! Captain Campbell was run over by a horse and rig. The bride stayed with him until he died, according to the newspaper account. The Maryland Inn maids took her back to the fourth floor room, and she ran into the window again, but this time threw it open and jumped Ah! out. She died broken in the middle of the street near where the captain died. And some say the bride and Captain Campbell never left the place where they were finally reunited. Well, Jesus reunited. Christ! That is tragic, but also, I mean, I'm glad they're reunited, but goddamn. I think the thing that gets me is that it says according to, like, reports that you can look up, this actually happened. So this isn't one of those made up. Why do I like ghost stories so much? They're all so sad. Uh-huh. Following the article is is like a tour of Maryland End. Like there's pictures and photos. But I want to go ahead and jump to the next one. And that's Amy's story. And that's the building where Ram's Head Tavern is located. 33 West Street, Annapolis. And has been around since the 1700s when it was called The Crown and Dial. Holy crap. Can you even imagine being in a place from the 1700s? Nothing no. in Arkansas has past like 1800 and something. So that's really I cool. I guess when I was in New York City, there's maybe some... No, but probably not 1700s. I don't know. Oh, man. Nothing that old. Yeah, let's read about this one. The Crown and Dial. In addition to a pint of beer, men could hire women and go upstairs. Oh. <laughs> Amy was one of those women. Amy's history is bit disputed but her death at age 16 isn't oh that's sad <laughs> she's so young sorry i'm laughing at your emotional roller coaster <laughs> i know i was like hell yeah i get you some and i'm like no she's 16 oh don't do that a sailor recently in port made amy's acquaintance and they went up downstairs patrons were at first amused by the enthusiastic banging of but then parts of the ceiling started dusting down into their pints. Michelle continues the story from here. And she has like a recording. Oh, man. So I don't know what happened. Ugh, you have to watch the recording. Oh, no. Oh, well, is it quick? Oh, it's six minutes. Okay, hold on. Oh, I can't hear it because we're on Skype. I can't hear it. So you'll have I can't to wait. hear it. it says right. the ceiling's coming down. Side of the bed comes through the ceiling. As does Amy. She falls on her head and breaks her neck. And the bed comes down. On top of Amy. Ugh. Mother's upset. Obviously. Well, yeah. but, she's a, but she's a businesswoman. So she's got to get this shit together. So there's a leg of the bed lodged into the floorboards. They chopped it off, took the bed off, and then opened it up again for business. Wow. They don't have that bedroom anymore, but they got a couple others. So they're like, we got this. 
And they've kept the basement or the leg that you can see. Okay, that's the story. So he basically banged her to her death, and that is really sad. At least it wasn't like a a rape thing or something. It was more like, or yeah, she fell through the floor. Oh, and that died. Sad. Oh, sad. but yeah, what kind of mother is like? Oh, my kid's dead, but I gotta make some money, so let's move it along. God damn, mop it up. <laughs> uh, there's a couple more of these on there. We will post the link so you can actually watch the video of telling about that poor 16 year old. And there's also Reynolds ta- Tavern, which is a super old place. There's a cemetery on here. It definitely, people need to check that out because also there's the photos. So definitely for the photos. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, let's. No more. Let's not, let's ease up on the depression since this is our last story. <laughs> but thank you so much for sending this to us because I mean this is par- this is more stuff I needed to know that I didn't know I needed to know. Yeah, thank you, Mandy. Yeah, thanks, Mandy. We're really excited that you sent this. I am happy. Not that people died, but I'm happy that you guys sent us. So it's much fascinating. Stuff. <laughs> it's just fascinating. It is. And the bride one. That one's really sad too. <sighs> I understand how that can yeah. stick with you. I think it'd be really cool to live in a town that old. It's one of the oldest cities in the entire country. So to have that much history at your fingertips, that'd just be a cool place to grow up. Wouldn't know. Arkansas is not that old. Nobody wanted to live there. <laughs> I remember I had a teacher in college. I love her so much. And I'm still friends with her. But she was like, Arkansas, nobody wanted to go there unless you were an outlaw or you were Irish or Native American hiding from some shit. You didn't come to Arkansas because there was nothing for you here. It was swamp on one side and mountain where you can't farm anything on the other side. So that's pretty true. Nobody would chase you in Arkansas because nobody wanted to go there. So you were hiding. So if you're a true Arkansas native, you were probably an outlaw or some minority hiding from something. <laughs> like, makes sense. Oh, well, I know, like, my hometown, we have the Wolf House. And I talked about it on a really early episode. But it was, like, 1826-ish. And it was, like, the first county seat. So that's probably, like, the oldest thing we're really going to have in Arkansas is in the early 1800s. Yeah, because we weren't. We were one mm. of the last states. Even being here in Texas, everything is so much older because this was such a. Uh, the Republic of Texas is so old. Yeah. Blows my what, mind. That's just what we have. We're babies compared to, you know, England or any <laughs> sure. other country, basically. I know. Like when I was in France, we were walking on roads and some tour guide was like, this was built by the Romans and like. 1200 something i'm like holy shit this just doesn't happen in the u.s like we're just babies not yet i mean eventually yeah Yeah. just blows my mind native american stuff's much older of course but yeah so thank you guys so much for all the stories you sent us and again go ahead and send us more stories for february so Mm -hmm. that's historical af pod at gmail.com and what could we want for february um, isn't it Black History Month? Oh, that'd be great. I mean, if you have, like, especially, like, the ghost stories, like the bride one, if you have any cool 
that kind of stories. So I'd be up for that. But yeah, anything, um, black history or just, we just take anything, whatever you want. We got it. We'll read it. We like it. Yeah, for February, definitely send us Black History Month stuff and then send us our uh, ghosty, jilted lover stuff. There's a lot of that all over. Everybody's got some jilted lover ghost story in your hometown or place you visited. But definitely send us more stuff. We need more stories. Yeah. I need, like, <laughs> <laughs> call you out specifically. <laughs> But it's by focus on your paper or whatever you need to work on. I understand your work in school is important. I can't even imagine. Like his thesis project sounds so cool, but the amount of work that I know that I put into mine, he's putting in way more. So you need to take a breather. Send us more ghost stories. We're we're good for that. (laughs) (laughs) We're good for the anti-stress stuff. Yay. It's also a drunk dive right after this. This is why I'm drunk. Don't judge me. This is a judge free zone. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, thanks you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much. I can English. I'm not that drunk. Just so excited that you guys send us stuff every month. And we and look on stories. your resolutions. Yes. I hope everybody makes theirs this year. It's 2020. It's a new decade. Or at least past you know? the first month. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter if you haven't made yours in the past. It's a new decade, new year, new everything. It's all mm-hmm. make them. Yep. You got all our support. We support you. You got this. If you need us to have, like, uh, motivational speaker stuff, we can do that for you. Very good. I can <laughs> do a pep talk. We'll, yeah, we'll send you pep talks. That's what we did. People on Patreon asked for Natalie's gobble sounds, and we made MP3s so they can make them ringtones. We can do that for you, too. Just join Patreon. We can do some motivational speaking for you. (laughs) Or turkey sounds, whichever you want, or both. (laughs) Yes, we believe in you. Anyway, bye, guys. Bye.